Ehlers with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell at the sideline. Across midfield. It's a foot race. And Keaton Mitchell has gone. And Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches. Throws. It is caught. Did they get the timeout? Through McCoy. Finn. All kinds of time. Gonna take a shot deep middle. Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Tao. And with me again is Chris Kay and Andrew Katz. And last week, they talked about transfers or a bunch of guys to look forward to in 2013. Nothing to do with the current season at all, which is great. But we want to get back to week 13 this week. Some big matchups and some big fantasy matchups, um, including the BTR Dynasty team facing off in the championship versus Jared. CFF Jared. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on that, but um, we like our chances this week. Um, at least I do. Chris. We always like our chances. Yeah, you yeah. Talk about? yeah I, I, that's probably the team when I saw it, like it was going to be the most successful team that I had this year. I, I'll get to my other team in a second, but this, like looking at the roster, I thought, okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do pretty well with this team. But um, anyway. He's got uh, a good team. I mean, He's got a good team. He's got the UCLA guys with DTR and Charbonnet, which, by the way, I'm glad or I'm shocked nobody said anything about DTR getting concussed in that USC game because that's definitely (laughs) what happened, right? Like, yeah, got his bell rung. I mean, how does it? I know why he doesn't, why he finished that game. The the scary one is like Marvin Harrison and Devontae Walker. Those guys can just. They can go big, and that's what you—that's what you worry about, like the forty-five pointers. So, yeah. Is he playing Walker right now? He's playing Walker. He's, Let's—I won't go through all of them. Some of the interesting Slay, names. Schley isn't going to play. I don't think Do he's got Shuck in right now. Yeah, but yeah. Schley doesn't play. Like that—that that dude, Cartman had did have one nice game right against Akron, and I think True. either Walker or Cephas was good in that game, but. The ceiling for Walker is demonstrably lower with how Shelly in the game. Yeah. His, I yeah mean, that's nice for us. Why don't you go down the starting lineup, the current starting lineup, Chris? All right. I'll, I'll be real quick. Shuck, DTR, Charbonnet, Marquez Cooper, Jaden Ott, Zachary Franklin, Marvin Harrison, Tory Horton, then there's Devontae Walker, Tyrick James, Brian Jones, Brian Batty and Cody Schrader. And then the Illinois defense. No offense to Jared. I think Jared's really finagled a good season out of a team that wasn't necessarily in the same spot it was a month ago. Um, But that feels a little weak for a championship team. Yeah. Doesn't it? What's up? What do we got? So this is the comparison, right? It's we're between Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix. I think we're going to lean Daniels because Nix is banged up. But then it's Drake May, Chase Brown, Rocket, Sanders, Kyrie Robinson, Nathaniel Dell, Puka, Chris Thornton, Xavier Worthy, uh, Brock Bowers, AJ, uh, AJ Barner, which honestly it might be t- might be worth going back to the free agency well again. Um, and then Jake Bobo and CJ Johnson. Worth noting, he has Illinois against Northwestern as the defense. We have Utah versus Colorado. Both of those could go for like... <laughs> 40 point seats. Those are just, those are great matchups for both. Yeah. Cause I think Illinois defense, I think Michigan's offense is can 
be pretty average at times, especially if you have a good matchup. But Illinois' defense is very good. Yeah. Um, but like you said, though, like on paper, you would never expect that team to be a, a championship team. And he's finagled a way to get there, which credit to him because um, he's made like, some moves for the future. Like he's given up the future a little bit. I think he gave up a first rounder well, did, for yeah, didn't DTR he get Charbonnet, and, Charbonnet and, yeah. and he gave up Damian Martinez yeah. for one of them. Yeah. So he, he went for it and it's paid off at least for second place. So. Andrew, in your unbiased opinion, as always, how, what do you think? Do we win by 30 or do we win by 70? We're in good shape. I think that it, we, we have to figure out Barner and Kyrie Robinson, spend a little time there and try and find some more points, I think, at those two positions. But we're good. Well, I, I, well, in fairness, here's our bench. We have Bowser. We have – let's see. As far as running backs go, we don't have very many options. <laughs> Bowser is the one, I guess – Stacey kind Sneed. of, yeah. The problem Sneed is didn't play last week, so that was I don't fun. trust him. But Robinson plays Hawaii. Oh, that's nice. So that's like mm-hmm. the kind of the thought is like, okay, well, he's very average, but maybe because it's Hawaii. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we get like word that Luke Musgrave comes back as tight end, and we just really take it to the next level. Um, <clears throat> but that's not going to happen, I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's enough of that. We'll we'll come back next week and talk about do our victory lap. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about just the matchups for this week. Um, we have a couple action games tonight. Um, Ball State at Miami of Ohio, which is funny because those are the two teams that Andrew always gets confused. So that should be fun to watch. Um, and then Bowling Green at Ohio. So what's that? The, uh, the Hilaire. The wide receiver at Bowling Green is—is is he have another week anywhere near what he had last week, or is he going to have one catch for six yards? There's no way. I mean, he's—he seems like a formidable player, but it's Matt McDonald, so that's the problem, right? Don't you insult my dog? <laughs> now that game's interesting for a bunch of different reasons because it directly impacts whether or not the the Buffalo Akron game gets replayed or not. I forget yes. the scenario I, that it's confusing. Which one, like, if I forget if Buffalo has to play the rescheduled game, if they don't, if they don't have the MAC, whatever division secured or not. But so my guess is, I want to pull this up real quick. My guess is, if Ohio wins, they clinch the East, okay, and then Buffalo can make that game up because. They're not in the big the MAC championship. Okay. That, I, if okay. Ohio loses, I don't know, man. It's confusing. It's, it's confusing. It's confusing. It's almost illogical the reasoning for why the game gets made up. Um, but yeah. do you? I can't see Rourke playing tonight, and I'm trying to do one of the things that that I feel like is most likely to get you banned from us. Um, a, a popular retail sports book tonight and so i i took bowling green not at open but pretty close to open at like at plus nine and a half and now i'm gonna try now the i assume the line will keep getting closer to like four or five points it's at seven right now um and i'm going to put in an alternate spread for ohio by nine and a half and just hedge guaranteed profit 
uh, on that game, which I've heard is like one of the things that some books will ban you for. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, it's, I, mean, I, doubt <laughs> I, I doubt I'm banging enough money where, for that to be the case, but it doesn't seem like Rourke's going to play tonight, and, and which is like so Mac, right? If you look up and down in that conference, I, I think at least half the teams at this point are not starting their starting quarterback this week. Gabbert probably out again. The NIU, uh, like, is the NIU's down like a top three quarterbacks? Penn State, Schley's not probably starting, probably not starting. Akron might not be starting their starting quarterback. Irons wasn't going to play last week. Um, Rourke is five. I feel like there's a, probably another one or two. As I well. mean, Toledo doesn't play this week, or else Daquan Fidden. They do, they do, but they don't play Maction. Um, I feel yeah. like Finn will be back. Oh yeah, yeah. They play Friday. I see him here. They don't play Finn, do they? Is he hurt? Someone, I think someone had mentioned that he was hurt. He he he's, yeah. he didn't play last week, but yeah, I feel like they'll be back this week. What was funny about Finn though is like he came back for that Tuesday game, like on short rest, played that game, and was kind of half of himself, and yeah. then he's he misses the next week. So it was almost like there was no. It's like they wanted him for that game only and said, all right, we're going to rest you the next game. I really hope he comes back because I need him for my championship game. But right. um, I thought I was getting away from action. And then did you see what DraftKings did for Saturday slate? They included both the Mac games or for Friday. Oh, yeah, they, they included both the games. They included the Kent State at Buffalo, Akron at North Akron. Illinois. So like I they're going to screw up pricing and then it's just going to be the absolute worst, but I will commend them for getting it out early. Usually they post stuff so late, but thankfully on this holiday week, they uh, were nice about it. Did you look at Friday yet? Yeah, I have Friday's a little bit. Yeah. Nice game. Yeah, I hate the, in there as uh, well. This is the Andrew. The, wait, I should let him go off on how Utah state playing Boise at 11 at 11 o'clock. Was that Eastern? Was that, no, that, it's 12. It's, new, it's 12. New Eastern, Eastern, 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Uh, yeah. Mountain, yeah. <laughs> like that's nuts. Yeah, I'm sure it will impact the quality of gameplay. Like the, those kids, like those kids are what, waking up at 4 a.m. now to to get going. I'm sure it's yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be a really great game. So pre game meal at 4 a.m. Yeah. yeah, first half unders is what the bet is there. Right. Exactly. Um, a big game actually on Friday, Tulane at Cincinnati. That feels like it's. It may not be huge, but it's still two top 25 teams in, I mean, that's Tulane that we just keep waiting on them to lose and they just don't. Um, I need, I need another monster game from Spears, but um, do you think Tulane pulls that one out against Cincinnati or no? JRP took it to them pretty good two weeks ago. And then of, of course, so I'm, I'll come back to this game in a second, but I start. I started JRP in my home league, and that went really well this past week. Yeah, he put up like five points, and the other, I had him in other leagues that wouldn't have advanced that he would have burned to the ground had I made that far. Mm. And I was like, obviously super bummed. And I assumed he got pulled at halftime, but then I was reading comments by Gus today that said pretty much word for word, like obviously JRP is our starter if he's good to go. So every, yeah. like everything I was reading on Twitter made it sound like he got straight up pulled for poor for poor performance against Navy, but it's interesting that that wasn't that that wasn't the case apparently. Um, but Tulane and Cincy, 
They, they, so they're both six and one. Getting, we're possibly finally getting Evan Prater, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, that Ben Bryant, a game time decision. So I'm sure Pickle will shoot him up with whatever he can to actually get him out there so that he doesn't have to <laughs> show how strong headed he was for sitting Prater all season. Um, it would have been nice if we had a little better matchup with one of those, the god awful AAC defenses instead of Tulane. Uh, but it'll still be, it'll, it'll still be fun, like from a so, watching perspective. Yeah. So I'm not sure how they're, their tiebreakers work, but both of these teams are six and one in the conference, nine and two overall. Um, I would assume that they might rematch next week, depending on the outcome of this game, because UCF is five and two, and that so would be Houston. a tie. Yeah, are they five and two? Yeah, they're five and two also. So yeah, you could have a three way tie for second. I don't know how that's gonna pan out. Do you think they coin flip for it? You know what? Did you hear about that? Did you see my tweet about that last week? There's a uh, like a D, I don't know. I think it's FCS maybe or D three or something like that. That uh, depending, I have to look to see what happens on Saturday. But last week, if these two teams both won, then at like seven p.m. they were going to do a coin flip <laughs> to determine who was going to get the automatic bid or something like, the, like yeah, some crazy stuff. Um, truly sicko, and I only saw it because of sicko's committee. So props to them for it, but. It yeah, was uh, it was it was interested. Uh, no, I haven't blocked him yet. It was interested to. Uh, I have to look that back up. Hmm. I'm trying to find if there's a scenario that tells you like who plays in the title game. The winner is obviously in, but <clears throat> the loser might get a rematch. I don't know. The AAC had that a few years ago too, when uh, Bryant's Ben Bryant's first run at Cincinnati and. Since he played Memphis back-to-back weeks. To yeah. Close it out. Yeah. If so we find UT, that for the end of the pod, we can. We can UT it. Martin and Southeast Missouri State finished the regular season tied at 5-0 and in uh, Ohio Valley Conference play because they did not play each other in the regular season because, of course, and they did do a tiebreaker of a coin flip. Um, Southeast Missouri won it. What a way Congrats to go down. They won the They won the conference to go to the FCS playoffs. I can just see it. That's Petrino school. Yeah. It's Missouri State, right? I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could just see everybody getting into, like, the big auditorium to watch. It's like Selection Sunday, right? They get in there, and they're going to watch this coin flip to determine whether or not they make it. And that's got to be worse than just, like, a committee not picking you to lose on a coin flip. Oh, boy. Well. Let's move on to another game. Um, Friday, there's a bunch of games. Baylor, Texas, Utah State, Boise, a couple MAC games. NC State, North Carolina. It's like a we fake thought. good game. Yeah. I could um, see – we've talked about this on the background on the C2C slot I'm in. Like, NC State's awful because they don't have a good quarterback anymore. It sounds like MJ Morris is going to be out again. But yeah. UNC might – like, it might actually make sense for them to sit some of their guys – because, like, all their players are hurt. I don't know how it happened. We like don't every need single player on the, And you don't we need, need Drake. Them. We need Drake May to throw for six touchdowns. Yeah, right? I mean, I think, Andrew, maybe this is a good question for you because you're always a little bit more philosophical than the rest of us. But if you're UNC, you've already clinched your spot in the ACC title. You haven't won the ACC in years. And you can guarantee a New Year's Six Bowl. But, you know, and you'd have to do this by sitting maybe downs in May. 
would you do that and risk losing to NC State, your rival, or would you risk it and try to win both with your starters? Do you not remember what, what was it that May, that May said a couple months ago about NC State? He's like, that's where people go when they can't get into UNC or yeah. some shit. You got, I think you got to let them out, go out there and just th- throw six touchdowns on them and uh, like let them let them flip flop back and forth between uh, Jack Chambers and Ben Finley or whatever his name is and just have a, have a great time. Uh, yeah, the NC, NC State D could uh, kind of mess things up with May's health and Downs' health, but it's your rival. I think you, I think you just go out and uh, you, you take advantage of them having a down year and just really lay it to them. I lean the same way. I mean, I get the whole New Year's Six thing and stuff like that and winning the ACC, but like, I mean, I wouldn't. It's you know, it's beating your rival. That's yeah. It's usually. Did you see Dabo's quote today about uh, rivals? So good. Um, Some some reporter asked him about like what it like what it why is it so important to beat beat your rival or something along those lines? And he was like, I grew up in. Uh, Alabama, where did you grow up? And the reporters like Chicago, and they're like, he was like, oh well, that explains it. Like you don't, you just don't get it. <laughs> that is good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess the only other big game on Friday would be Florida, Florida State. Um, not that big of a game, but still, it's a rivalry game. And I guess not as fun just- as it used to be when it was yeah. like Spurrier, Spurrier, and like just top five teams going back and forth every year. Right. So we'll move to Saturday, and the big one, I'm sure you guys can talk about this one, Michigan-Ohio State for the, I guess I would say, the lock to be in the nas- in the playoff, right? This is, yeah. a, this is a play-in game, essentially. So yeah, I'm nervous. Loser- I'm, I'm nervous for this one because I just don't think – You should be. I don't think Blake <laughs> Corum will be healthy, mm. and if he's not healthy, it's going to be bad. I mean, it's a rivalry game, so you kind of have to throw any, like, just if you're looking at two teams, the strengths of two teams, you're like, okay, yeah, Ohio State probably on paper beats Michigan. But I would, I would disagree yeah. with that for Michigan-Ohio State. I mean, That's if you look cool. at the last 15 years, Ohio State's won every single time. They should have. And the one time that it was, like, close was that one Devin Gardner year where he was, like, rolling around on, like, a broke ankle and, like, they went for two. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, incredible. They, they, what an they incredible call that awful. Game. They call that awful screen two point conversion play with like triple wide receiver stacked. It, it was disaster. Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, so uh, usually the better team more recently has won, mm. unless you know, I mean, not like you know they're going to be. I think they're like touchdown and a half point favorites, so decently big um, spread there. But I don't I know. I'm not going into any expectation. I, I bet Ohio State uh, yesterday. That what? I bet Ohio State yesterday was spread seven and a half. Yep. So I'm worried. So what's your gut tell you, Chris? If you are a neutral gut tells supporter, me they, <laughs> gut tells me they win. Ohio State wins by like seventeen. Okay. That's I probably agree. about. That's probably about what I would say too. Which means Michigan will probably keep this close and. Prove if all wrong. three of us agree on something, <laughs> I mean, you looked at last week, right? Like Illinois' defense is good. Let's give them props. Ohio State's is probably similar, right? They have dudes everywhere. Their offense is way better than Illinois'. 
And if Corum isn't playing, then Michigan, we saw what they did in the second half, which was just kick a bunch of field goals. Like, you know, use a pick play to get a first down. Brett Bielema well, appreciates. You know, Chase Brown had a game against Michigan, right? He's had a game against everybody, but he had a game against Michigan. Trevion Henderson isn't hasn't had a game all year. So if if Mayan Williams isn't back, like, can Ohio State run the ball? I don't know what this I have a feeling that Ohio State might come out looking a lot better because we haven't seen their enti- entire team on the field once. Yeah. You know, like yeah, if you look at all these guys, I know like Mayan will be probably like 80%, Travion will be like 80%, but they have been holding so many guys out. I have a feeling there's a shot like that they could come out full and strength very Ohio good. State. Yeah. yeah. They've been awful for like a month now, Ohio State. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, when you have years and years of just crossing routes for touchdowns, you just can't forget it, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. So. That's oh, man. All right. Um, you know, I thought you were going to go when you okay. say the big game, Zach, was going to be the coastal James Madison game. I'm kind of I wasn't there yet. You. I wasn't <laughs> there yet. You took it right from me. No, um, I kind of it kind of loses steam because they aren't bowl eligible. Like, I hate that. Like, if you're not – if you're playing at – the division one FBS level. Why are you not bowl eligible? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, especially for what two seasons now. That's what you said. We were talking. Yeah, about but I think they're putting in a waiver. Jack. So they're eligible next year. Well, that does them a lot of good it's, this year. It's usually because the reason why they do it is for, I think for one, it's like no one ever expects the team to be successful year one, but right. also because uh, they don't play like the normal schedule. So, I think, like, in comparison to other teams, there might be some, like, you know, that but might they get make that it a little bit easier game, for right? them to be. I think we've discussed this. They have that 13th game. No, right? they only have 11. Oh, they had 11. They had the weird schedule. They had 11. Hawaii's got the 13. Hawaii's, Hawaii's got the 13. UK, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, the other big game, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War. That's better than I think most people anticipated to start the year. Like, I don't think anybody anticipated Oregon State to be a, a top 25 team. Um, Bo Nick And if Bo Nix isn't fully healthy, you know, I, I guess – I don't know where the, how the Pac-12 looks. I haven't looked at the standings. But uh, Oregon would have to win the game to lock into the championship game, right? Don't you feel like they find a way to lose that game, Oregon? I think it's they, possible they, for they, sure. They, they yeah. did what they overcame the Bonix injury and over and fought back from losing to Washington to win the the must win big game against Utah to like yep. to to bring the conference championship game into sight. And now they've got the Civil War and with I, everything on the line. Yeah. Yeah, I could like it I feel like it's tough to get up for two games that big back-to-back weeks. And yeah. the Civil War and the Apple Cup, I would if I'm betting those, it's purely just to get something down on the game. I would never try and actually feel good about what's going to happen in either of those games. So if if Oregon were to lose, they'd be a three-way tie, assuming Washington and Utah both win. Um, they'd all be seven and, <clears throat> seven and two, but Washington would have the best overall record. If that me- if that's the tiebreaker, I don't, I don't know, know what the tiebreaker is. I think uh, really Oregon's in a. Say that again, Andrew. There's really weird tiebreakers in the Pac-12. I think Washington. I don't think it's that easy for Washington to get in, though. I think yeah. they also need Utah to lose, so that it's just purely them against Oregon. 
in terms of head-to-head. Yeah. I will say Oregon State feels a little dangerous because I'm sure mm-hmm. they want it more than Oregon in a sense. You know, like I yeah. always think the when they're when the two two rivals are comparatively ranked and you know a little bit in terms of talent as well, the team that's just gotten beat up on more consistently might have that kind yeah. of mental edge because you know Oregon, yeah. you know Oregon has kind of been it's almost like you know they were in contention for the playoff and now it's like oh okay well maybe we play in the rose bowl so yeah so like looking at oregon state's schedule they lost to usc by three they got blown out at utah the next week and then they lost to at washington by three so like two of their three losses against good teams were really close like they're a good team and i i wouldn't be shocked what's the line on this game does anybody know uh, no, I don't. They're and they're doing this largely with a kid that has no business seeing the field. The line, okay, as a D one quarterback, <clears throat> right? Oregon's three point favorite at Oregon State. I think you, if you're going to bet that, like, I think you either think Oregon's just going to beat them good, or you think Oregon State's just going to win the game. And I would probably bet money line on Oregon State. <laughs> Why not? <clears throat> but. That might be the biggest game outside of Ohio State, uh, Michigan. That game's usually on Friday. After yeah. Thanksgiving, and it got moved to Saturday this year for something. But like the description I saw of why it got moved, the, the beat writer, some beat writer tweeted out the reason with some acronym for an event that is happening that Friday. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like <laughs> it must be some PNW thing that like they all know about. And it makes mm. sense. There, but I, I had no idea. But that game's a nice fr- – that's usually like the Friday night slate on uh, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or Thanksgiving day after. Notre so I, Dame I, at USC yeah. is another big one. You know, because USC has that outside shot. Um, outside so. shot. And if they win out, they're in the playoff. I don't see how yeah. they're not in the playoff. I shouldn't say outside shot. They have Over a Bama? good shot because yes. yeah, Bama gets in somehow. Yeah, I think there might be some debate, you know – with like a 11 and one, I don't think 11 and one Michigan would get in, but I think there's a shot 11 and one Ohio state could get in. I think a 12 and one USC gets in for sure. That's a lock to two tough games, which is a lock to me. I've debated a Heisman contender, like Heisman bets with like amongst the options available. And the thing I've come away with is like USC has a really tough shot at uh, winning out because they're going to have to play. You know, they obviously they play Notre Dame, who's I don't think Notre Dame's anything crazy, but like that's a formidable opponent, and then they're gonna have to play obviously one of Utah, Oregon. Yeah, I mean they had you at UCLA, Notre Dame, and then the title game against Oregon, Washington, Utah, whoever it is, right? So it's it's three games in a row to be in the playoff, and the only thing I think that would take USC out is LSU beating Georgia. That throws a whole wrench into everything because you're not going to leave Georgia out. I think right. Georgia's still I think they're in. in no matter what. Right. I think Georgia would be in. We just migrated to a playoff discussion. But if LSU were to win, the question then becomes a 10 or 11 and 2 LSU, right? They'd be 11 and 2. Yeah. Yep. 11 12 and 2 and 1 USC. And 12 a 12 and 1 USC. And, 1, and a 12 and 1 Clemson potentially. Right. Um, I think 
So then you assume that Ohio State or Michigan wins out, whichever one wins the game. Um, let's let's just say Ohio State because we've all picked them to win. Ohio State's undefeated. They're in. They'd be the one. The two. Georgia. You think Georgia's two? Why not? Mm, interesting. That's I, interesting to me. If their only loss is to a top seven or eight LSU in a championship game and they've manhandled pretty much everybody else, like, I don't know how you don't have them as two or three. I mean, they're obviously a lock for three, but I would put them at two. Okay. So then you would have well, – what about TCU? That's where it gets even weirder. Right? I think like, TCU would be two. I think it'd be TCU two, Georgia three, and then LSU, USC, Clemson for that fourth spot. Andrew's having seizures over there, hating this discussion. (laughs) What if TCU goes twelve and zero in the regular season and loses in the championship game? Like, I think they're out. Let's just have UNC beat Clemson, (laughs) and then Iowa State beat TCU, and then clears up a little bit, and then Alabama gets in the four spot. They will. Alabama, <laughs> Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU all in. <laughs> the top a, four. I mean, there's definitely a route to not Tennessee. They're done. Not Tennessee. There's a route to two of them for sure. The, yeah. That's the LSU one, right? The LSU beats Georgia. Both of them are guaranteed in. No the problem is too many teams. You'd have to have like Ohio State or Michigan would have to also lose to Iowa. Well, USC could lose this week to Notre Dame, and they're out. So then Alabama slides right in. Alabama Clemson at the two three matchup. Let's just go ahead and lock it in. Mm. No, but I do think um, USC is a lock for the playoff if they win out. I don't know how they keep them out. I really don't. Um, all right, we'll move past this week. Um, you guys wanted to talk about transfers. I think potential transfers for twenty twenty three. I know. I know Nate put out a. a uh, C2C article was that this morning or last night? Yes, he's, right. he's put that yes, out, yeah. And that was a really good read. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Mm-hmm. He puts a lot way way more thought into the discussion <laughs> than we're about to have, which will be probably not too long. But like, I think he nailed a bunch. French of them. just tied it up, boys. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. We didn't do a World Cup special. I wanted to. I really pitched it, and they they both shot. There's me down, no so. way. <laughs> okay, go on. We talked about Will Rogers last week on the pod. I don't know if there's anybody interesting that we haven't talked about yet. Um, I think some of the more interesting names are a little bit played out like DJU and like Jeff. Do you see we're starting to have activity today? Grant the bows and uh, mm. one of the random Syracuse receivers both entered the portal. You said DeBose and then who? Uh, one of the random Syracuse receivers, Anthony Quilly entered the portal. DeBose is kind of fun though. It, I guess he didn't want to hear all of that rah-rah football guy garbage from that, that new coach that they hired, the guy that the, that uh, got hired because the athletic wrote up some puff pieces on him, Biff Pogie, right? Do, 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 be honest, you're a Michigan fan. You never heard of that guy until the athletic wrote about him. Like, Correct. Um, yeah, so, and then right. Charlotte fell for it, took the bait, and Grant Post is like, I'm not dealing with all this, getting up at 4 a.m., garbage to do, do like three days or whatever. And we don't do that at Charlotte at, at club lit. We go out, we give up 50 and we score in the thirties and that's what we do. So <laughs> he, good for him for getting out. Uh, 
but he's talented. It, it could be fun if he ends up at like some school that likes to throw it around. But it's also interesting. Tucker's out of eligibility, so now Elijah Spencer, who was already like killing it, just largely because he's scoring touchdowns at like some absurd rate, right? But if they don't go just to run the ball for three yards a carry uh, on all three downs type of offense, and they, they actually do some fun things, like he's a, he's a nice piece to think about next year, especially with the. He'll be like the. He'll be like the one guy, which is nice. The problem is the quarterback play is probably going to be brutal, right? Like yeah. in terms of passing, right? The guy that filled in was that Xavier Williams, who had yeah, some yeah, nice yeah. games, but a lot of it was coming off the ground, right? So oh, yeah. He was I could just see a, a mass exodus. I could see a mass yeah. exodus of mm-hmm. receiver talent, stuff like that, because it's like, well, I'd rather – like this is my opportunity to go somewhere. I've proven myself. A guy like Spencer and a guy like DeBose, they're going to – they're they're going up. They're not – I don't know if they're going to like – Auburn or Bama or somewhere like that, but like, why not go to? They could be awesome at SMU or you know Louisiana Tech, Tech combined with another. God, I wish. Uh, sadly, <laughs> um, you know, and get some talent there. I know a lot of Nate's guys that he likes were positioned towards like Louisiana Tech, UCLA. But like, if Jake Bobo can go to UCLA, then why can't Debose go to UCLA? Definitely. That's a good point. That is a good point. So. Speaking of portal, A and M plays LSU this weekend. Do you think that's the last time a lot of those guys gear up in A and M gear? Like, do you think if you're Evan Stewart or someone that's going to transfer, let's say, you don't you don't play a bowl game, do you? you if you're going to transfer, transfer? Now. oh yeah, I am. Cons- I am so convinced that Bama is not two things. Bama needs a receiver. They have nobody, you know, they've done a great job of recruiting the position with guys that are just not going to fill. I know Ja'Cory Brooks has looked pretty good this year. Ja'Cory Brooks has looked good. Um, Jojo Earl's been a disappointment, but I think they need to, I think they're going to not make the same mistake of going after like a Jermaine Burton that like theoretically should be good. He has good peripherals and all these different, like should, have gone for Addison. should have gone for Addison. I think they go hard for Evan Stewart. There's yeah. no way they go and get a a guy that hasn't proven himself at a high level. Since we're kind of talking about reading in between the lines, like the idea is they go out and pay these kids, right? And pay them a lot of money. I oh, last night, I think it was last night while I was uh, I was I was toasted having uh, birthday drinks and just kind of chilling. It was awesome. Like uh, me and Margaret ha- uh, rock some drinks, watched the new Netflix doc on the kid who uh, tried to get the Pepsi jet. Have you, have you seen this? I haven't seen it yet, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It's dope. We didn't get all the way through cause it's a bunch of episodes, uh, but it was, it was a good time. And I almost, I almost spewed venom at uh, some guy on Twitter. One of the, like the Longhorns, uh, insider writers or whatever. I think it was Anwar Richardson talking about how the idea that Texas can't pay Bijan enough money to come back next year. Cause he like, and his argument was the running back, like the first round bonus money for him as a running back would be like between three and 4 million. Why can't they find that money? Or like they could easily, if Texas A&M is trying to round up $85 million to buy out Fisher, Jimbo, right? Why can't Texas find twenty million for Bijan again to come back for another year? 
You don't know. Maybe because I mean, a guy like Finchon, they don't need to do that. I think there's a difference between guys and like going to the NFL versus like an Evan Stewart or something like that, where, you know, if you want a guy, you just pay for him. If they have no other option, if it's like Bama or A&M, those are their options. Then I think it's different than if it's Bijan where it's, well, there's a certain level of like getting the contract that guarantees the money, which is also nice, right? Like if you go to the NFL, if you're Bijan, you're guaranteed the contract and that also helps you with your second contract because you're a year younger. So you know what I'm going to say though. <laughs> that like as a running back, that you're trending towards like the league is trending in a direction where no one's guaranteed a second contract. Right. Um, right. So if you could get like if you if yeah. boosters could guarantee boost Bijan twenty million this year to come back to Texas. He'd be Why crazy not to do that. that. Right. Right. Yeah. Crazy not to do Even that. 10 million, a guaranteed 10 to come back. <laughs> how do you, I think the question though is how do you guarantee the 10? Because you write him a check. Come on. <laughs> Chris, you're so out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to think realistically. Like they had there has so to be are some we. level of of uh like you do something and then you get the money, but like you can't be like on a commercial and get ten million dollars for it. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, to some extent, though, until until we see otherwise, isn't the way you're talking through it the same lens as our legal system is constructed? Constructed where okay, one body passes laws, but then another body enforces them, and if that body won't enforce the laws, the laws are worthless. Like right. weed, marijuana is technically. But is it illegal nationally now? But it, no one's prosecuting at the federal level for me if I want to go and just spark an L on the street, right? So I don't know. I equate the two things to some degree where no one's going to, if no one is prosecuting, I don't know if that's the right term, but no one is enforcing the restrictions, the laws, whatever, with respect to NIL. And until that is the case, yes, whoever is, whoever kind of trips the wire and uh, does something so impossible to ignore, like maybe it is paying Bijan for writing the $20 million check. But until that happens, like it's the wild west to some degree. Yes, there's rules, but if no one's enforcing them, it's whatever. Yep. So cut him the 20 million, get him back. And then he can go pro after that because that's, like he, Andrew said, like you're not guaranteed a second contract, especially as a running back. Like I would almost even say, don't know the numbers, but I would say it's less than a 50-50 that you get a second contract. Well, if you wait another year, you're definitely hurting your chances of a second contract, though. But would you take the 20 mil now? Okay, you know, if we're talking in exaggerations, then yeah, I would take the 20 million, Zach, but like – if we're being realistic and saying okay, five million, three million let's, just, let's just say it's more reasonable. I five Bijan, I wouldn't do three million. I wouldn't do five million. Why? I felt three million in the Dijon mustard commercials and stuff. He's what good. What if Bijan tears his ACL? Right, so like what? then his he's value got three million dollars. He's got oh, he's got three million dollars plus the insurance policy that he's probably got. That's well, you never told me another. about an insurance policy, Zach. That's. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. You know how. So I want to ask everybody recognizes uh, what is that? The final, like the first Monday after the regular season of NFL, isn't that called like Black Monday, and all the coaches get fired, right? You guys know. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the NFL, yeah. Is there going to be? Is like the Sunday after the regular season ends? Is that going to be that like? portal day are we gonna like recognize that day and look forward to that day for the next 10 years it's got potential for sure right yeah for sure all right um is there anything else we want to talk transfers or anything i think we discussed we a little ca- bowl action bowl action all right doing anything for the bowl games yes we are of course we are bowl bash the annual bowl bash um, I do. This is like my contribution to the fantasy community. Jared's out there holding up signs at game day. You know, you guys do the DFS stuff. Chris writes content. Andrew does whatever the hell he does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is how I I, I contribute because I don't write anything anymore. I don't do any of that. So I make the bowl bash contest. It's a bowl bash or a bowl wide DFS contest. Um, you have a hundred thousand salary. Pick your team, and whoever has the best team wins. Um, you know, most people already know. People that are listening to this know how it works, but we are trying to grow it into something big every year. I'm in a in a battle with fan tracks right now to get it all set up right, but let me handle that. Um, Andrew Andrew wants no part in the setting up of Bull Bash because his intention I want no is to affiliation win. to right. Bull Bash from an administrative or I am pure. I'm a competitor. Right. I I I, w- I can't really say at this point I'm the team to beat since I've never won it, uh, but I I did I did well last year. I think I came in I, I placed like I think we what did you pay out like top eight last year. I was in second or third until the final hour, and then Deuce Vaughn scored like three or four more touchdowns uh, <laughs> and knocked me down to sixth place. But I think I can win it this year. I think I've, I've got what it takes. I've learned from my uh, misdoings in the past, and this is the year I take it down. Right. So I want, I try to pay out the top 10%. So the more people that are in it, the more people that can win a prize, um, $30 entry too. So it's not crazy. Um, I haven't, I haven't allowed two entries in the past, but I guess I could, but that's a hard thing to like keep up with. I feel like within fan tracks, I wouldn't do Um, it. Yeah. The single entry, just let everybody go. Um, also if you want more details, if you haven't, joined bull bash or know anything about it you can join our discord um just contact us on twitter and we will get you into that discord as a matter of fact i think i pinned a tweet to the profile so it should be first thing you see when you go to our profile um but other than that as far as bull bash is concerned that's it unless you guys have something to add to that no it's a fun salary cap you know version of uh, the whole bowl season as one entire slate which you know yeah. Andrew and I have discussed in the past that like multi-day stuff is fun because it but, becomes it becomes so strategic there's mm-hmm. a lot of levels of fun to it um the salary usually isn't super tight so you can get a little different and weird there's defenses which is sometimes oh, yeah. annoying but a lot of times fun um and as we've know right bowl season is like just insane someone's gonna run for five touchdowns and 200 yards and you just pray to God that you have them. And somebody's not going to play that we expected him to play. That's how it always goes. Yep. Um, but uh, I should add that lineups don't lock until that per- particular player locks. Like, so his he will lock, but the lineup won't lock as a whole. So you can swap out 
all the way up until the last game if you have an available um, spot. As long as you stay under the salary, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, I guess I'll just go ahead and say, so it's four quarterbacks, five running backs, five receiver slash tight ends, two flex, which is running back, receiver, tight end, and then three defenses. And I will set the salaries at the beginning, and I'm going to try my best to incorporate like matchup. I know fan tracks can set like a salary, like generate salaries, but they don't incorporate the actual matchup. So I'm going to have to go in and kind of. Are you going to get Brian to help you or is it just you? Yeah. 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 I'm going to get Brian from CFB dynasty to help me um, a little bit. So, cause he'll have, he'll have more uh, data to work with in terms of. Yeah. Cause fan tracks also won't, they don't take into account injuries. So if a guy missed the first five weeks of the season, like his salary is going to be based off his whole year's stats where he might be missing five weeks, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so, it's just there's not that many inputs. To no. And DraftKings and FanDuel, they do very similar stuff, except there is, you have to imagine there is something of a manual override component to what that they do. But you could just tell, like, for instance, the rare occasion, like – Last year, when DraftKings put out the the national championship slate, and was it last year? And they forgot to to like price up Jalen Waddle. I think it was last year. And then they took down the whole slate, put it back up, and Waddle's price increased, and everyone else's price moved just down a little bit because you could tell that there's like there's some sort of, there's formulas at work to kind of look to make the slate manageable from a roster construction perspective to, to some degree, but it's all like, you can tell this stuff's largely automated with a manual override layer. Yeah. Fan tracks, obviously when you're doing this, you are the manual override layer, Zachary. So. Um, yeah, no pressure. Yeah. That was, that was two years ago, but it, it yeah. I mean, yeah. it was so pivotal that they do that or else I want more of that in pricing. I want more of like the, you know, give me like put Blake Corum at like, 5,500 this weekend against Ohio state, right? Like do those fun things that challenge people to say, do I want to go with this guy in a tough matchup or blah, blah, blah. So I like stuff like that. So, you know, challenge the mind and the thinking behind, yeah. is it worth doing? And that's, that's something I try to do when I set up the pricing with bull bash, because I don't want to make it to where you can play like two really good players. And then you're just like trying to like, make sure you're staying under the cap with the rest or of the like roster. punting a guy. Yeah. That's no yeah. Fun. Like, like if, if I miss a player in pricing, it's probably because somebody got hurt and his backups having to play and his backup was minimum priced. And I, after I've already locked the pricing, cause I have to lock the pricing. Like what's, when's the first bowl game? Like the, the 17th, 16th, 17th, whatever that is. I have to mm-hmm. lock the pricing by like the weekend before. Latest. Or, do what? Latest, Ultim- optimally earlier. Well, right, but I try to I try to let all the news, all the people that are going to sit out bowl games and all that kind of new that to to come in, so I can have when I'm setting pricing to where I'm not going to have a guy minimum priced when the next day his the starter decides he's sitting out the bowl game when I could have priced up. Okay, Ben Bryant decides he's going pro. Right, Prater's playing. I need to price him up. Well, so. you should spend a little extra time and forget your family during the holidays mm-hmm. and oh, I can think about these things. You should price up Jameer Gibbs' backup a little bit. Oh, you know, I, not see, a ton, but just a little bit, you know? There's some logical 
things at play. Like if you know, like Alabama rotates guys, you're you're gonna price up all the guys that have that get run. Maybe not like none of them are gonna be top five percent pricing, but they're all three three or four guys are gonna be. You're gonna have to think about who you pick instead of saying, okay, this guy's only minimum. I'll just take him and hope he has a couple touchdowns, and then I I luck out. But um, there is some thought. It's I'm not gonna sit here and act like I spend, you know hours and hours and hours over it but i do try to make it as fair as possible now there's always every year that i've done this there's been a loophole somewhere there's always that guy that's that oh you missed this guy he's minimum like andrew will always like, i'll set the pricing this is how it goes i set the pricing I'll, I'll put it in the g chat and say hey pricing is live and andrew will say did you mean to leave him at three thousand <laughs> like or even no, even better, he might go. Hey, do you guys mind taking a once over at this? And then of course we say yes, we'll do it. And then we say everything looks good. And then Andrew will say, "Dude, you missed this guy. What were you doing?" No, 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 no. Andrew says, "I don't want to look at it because I'm winning this thing, and I don't want anybody to, <laughs> to think that that I'm uh, had any influence over these pricing." It's true. But, um, it is true. He he actually doesn't look at it ever. But um, I do. I will have some help to kind of go over it and I, I you i won't even ask you guys this year um, i'll just i'll just say pricing's live and then you guys can nice. bash me afterwards for the for the terrible pricing um but that's it guys um i guess well, wait, wait, we need week, to talk about the return of our favorite bowl game bowl game the return, return. of our favorite one of the most iconic bowl games of every year the christmas eve Bowl game, the Hawaii Bowl. Oh, knock on wood. You don't the think something Hawaii. stupid's gonna happen? That like, uh, you, do you think we're gonna see games get canceled this year? Do you want to talk I politics? Have... Do you, Ooh, you I don't think. I, th I think we're past Andrew. That. Yes, we didn't see go ahead. Any games get canceled. <laughs> Andrew, go ahead. Cancel this no, year, right? Chris, Just send the two teams over two weeks before, put them in a hotel, and just quarantine them, and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't see anybody getting canceled. Uh, do you? No. No. no, no, I think we're good. Cool. It'll be a fun one. I, you know, this is the iconic for those when I like when I was growing up, we used to do the midnight mass at church. So we would, I'd be watching in the pew, like waiting for the game to end and then what for church to start. Just an iconic game. Mm. Dude, it's back. <laughs> well, as far as, let me look at me, check the schedule real quick. So yeah, Friday the sixteenth will be the first game, and that's the, home, the can, hometown hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl. Always that game is just madness every year. <laughs> there's just is. there's it's just pandemonium. There's no rules. The people there don't give a shit. You you saw the stories years ago of like people bringing in like twelve packs through the front gate. Oh yeah, eleven thirty a.m. kick. I think one of the, my favorite things about bowl games is you get like a Monday 2 th uh, 2.30 game. You get a Friday mm -hmm. 3 p.m. game. Like you get these random – like I'm working, but not really because I'm just watching these games with on my iPad just sitting at my desk. Like that's what I'm talking about right there. So Yeah. But all right, guys. I think that's enough for this episode. Um, keep an eye out for Bowl Bash – information again join the discord if you haven't um you get more information there but um we'll be back next week to talk about um our win over jared you know by 100 so 
Um, I'll see you all next week and have a good one.